Hello and welcome to Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle for another week. Once again, not a whole lot of action to talk <laughs> about from the NBL sense after last week when we only ended up having having one game after the, the wonderful preview that we did for all of the matches last week. But we'll do our best to to cover that game. Great to see the New Zealand Breakers getting a win. Plenty, Absolutely. Plenty more to talk about across the league still, even though there hasn't been a lot of games. We'll preview another round and hope that all the matches actually, <laughs> actually happen. I'm Chris Pike. Thanks for joining us once again. Damien Martin, the has-been, but the legend himself, the six-time Defensive Player of the Year. How do we find you this week? Mate, I feel fine. I, I should be asking you the question. I know that uh, you've had a bit of <laughs> bit of drama overnight. There was a shooting in Perth, and it turns out it's just down the street from where you live, and you woke up this morning, and there's police parked out the front of your house. What were you thinking when it was all happening? Well, first of all, we thought we were moving into a nice neighbourhood when we bought our house <laughs> last year, as you know, Damo, but... Maybe, maybe not so much. Maybe we got a good deal on the house because of the <laughs> because of the the surroundings. But yeah, a shooting that's down the road from us. We've mm-hmm. had some interesting activity from our neighbours the last few days as well, which is which had us a bit concerned. There was a there was one night a couple of a couple of nights ago where the activity outside our house between the two houses either side of us was a little bit concerning. Made it a little bit hard to sleep, and, and especially smack bang in the middle. We were in the middle, so yeah, it's it's. Yeah, th- there was a shooting. That someone died, unfortunately, from that shooting overnight um, in my neighbourhood. So there oh. was there was a, car, a police car parked out the front of our house this morning. There was a couple of people arrested inside that car. I don't know if it was because of the activity we've been seeing or because of the shooting, but interesting morning, Damo. How's, how's your morning been? Uh, a lot less. <laughs> uh, quite boring, to be honest. Uh, I won't go through all the details. But, yeah, not as eventful as yours. And, yeah, horrible shooting overnight, but then to wake up and see, some people arrested uh, even closer to home. Yeah, it's all happening in your neighbourhood. I won't give it away where you live because it sounds like there's enough going on yeah. as it is. But basketball-wise, I, we just keep saying it. More games cancelled. Well, we were nervous last week doing our preview. We mm. did. We had a look at all the games that were going to happen and then as the, as the days unfolded after we recorded, the games kept falling by the wayside and we ended up having one game. One game out of a full round that we were looking forward to. Um, it's an amazing time, isn't it? I mean, if you told anyone three years ago that a season would be so affected and would be having games cancelled and games changed on an instant, um, you would have made a lot of money because you would have been laughed out of the room, but it's now becoming what we're used to. Well, even after last season, they did such a great job. Obviously, well, once we started last year, different. we didn't have an interruption, did no, we? No, we even played more games. You know, it was a 35-game yeah. season yeah. opposed to the regular 28. So... Obviously, the border's opening up. Omicron, everyone seems to be catching it, players included. I want to say the Wildcats had everyone catch it, bar two. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they've had two players on court (laughs) for about five days now. And hopefully on Friday, I believe the rest of the the team should uh, join those those players. And then as per the protocol, it's got to be five days between getting out of isolation into when you can play. Obviously, you need to get your legs underneath. You need to get out there and running again. Uh, to try and minimise risk of injury after being, you know, essentially stuck in a hotel yeah. room for the last seven days. Jesse Waxed asked one of the smartest guys I've ever met. I dare say seven days of isolation, he'll come out with another MBA or another degree. <laughs> he will have made the most of it. I know he was asymptomatic, although he did test positive. So it's going around uh, a lot of players. I think Mitch Creek may have come out. I think there's been a few guys that have put their hand up and said, yep, I've had it, mm. but let's move forward and try and get some games under our belt now. Well, that's a nice nice segue into our guest for this week, Adam Gibson, who lives with Mitch Creek. So I wonder how Gibbo's holding up. <laughs> yep, let's get to him now and get all the dirt on, on living with Creaky and what's going on in the NBL. Well, we might leave it a, bit, a little bit later don't oh, know, okay. until we catch up with Gibbo. But speaking of Gibbo, he's... Become a talking point. I I think he might 
be on the top of everyone's list of the the COVID replacement players mm-hmm. that everyone's looking to sign. We'll ask him. We'll ask him himself later on in the show. But would he be a pretty obvious choice if you needed a player at a drop of a hat? Yeah, for that reason, at the drop of the hat, you want someone who's not going to take two or three weeks to build confidence, get up to speed with the game. You want someone who's been there, done that, can come in, pick up an offense really quickly, pick up defensive strategies really quickly. And then whether it's a case of two games, five games, whatever it may be, they haven't gone backwards. And Gibbo's just that guy, high basketball like you, played what 400-odd games, yeah. and he's staying fit. You know, He's coaching and working out every single day. He's been around Southeast Melbourne, so... For me, it's a no-brainer that any injury or COVID-related uh, players missing games, give him a call, drop of the hat, he can be there. So we'll ask him about it because you're right, he's, he's the perfect fit he for is. this situation. And I, I won't say who the team is, but I've already had a head coach ask me, what's Gibbo's situation? Is he available? And I, I said, yes, give him a call right now. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see where, where he lobs. But speaking of Gibbo, before we do move on and we'll speak to him later in the show, I believe he's got you some work this week too. Yeah, here I am minding my own business, doing a bit of real estate, a bit of work with the other businesses I'm involved with. And then I get a text message saying, do I want to show up and, and help run some clinics? So I don't know how much help I'll be, but no, I'm looking forward to getting out to three different camps across the next few days. And and they were organised by one A. Gibson. So I'm not sure how he knows the, the event planner, but uh, yeah, always looking forward to meeting new young kids. And I know it's been organised by Gibbo, but I'll be the one trying to persuade them to play for the Wild Cats all links one day. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, speaking about guests, we spoke to Rob Beveridge last week. It was a great chat and he gave us some insights into <laughs> how he's got COVID. He talked about his New Zealand season coming up. He talked about looking forward to getting over to Perth, but I felt a bit betrayed. Oh, I couldn't over believe the next it. 24 hours, he <laughs> ended up being announced as the as the stand-in boomers coach for the, the games next month when Brian Gorgian's unavailable, but he gave us no idea at all. Oh, look, I'm sure it must have only been official minutes oh. after he spoke to us. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah, no, I dare say he'll blame an embargo or something <laughs> like that, that the VA uh, wanted to announce it. But, yeah, congratulations, Rob Beveridge. This is something he was been, he was nearly awarded back in 2011 for the London Olympic team. Obviously, it came down to he and Andre Lamanis. He's been there as an assistant coach to the Olympic Games. So to see him, I know he's not coaching them to, through the Olympics. He's filling in while Gorge is busy uh, with the Illawarra Hawks, but it's just a step in the right direction for Bevo getting involved as a head coach. Mm. When we spoke to him, he said his head coaching days are probably going to be over yeah. once he finishes in the New Zealand League. Yep. So I'm hoping that this can be potentially a role he, he does put his hand up for and is awarded Every time, uh, you know, we play for Asia qualifiers, Olympic qualifiers, world qualifiers, because it's not always ideal for NBA players to be able to make it yeah. or the current head coach while they're uh, coaching the Hawks or whoever it may yeah. be at the time. Well, I feel like Gorge probably isn't a long-term solution as coach. I I don't know if he'll make it to the next Olympics or not. That's up to, up to Gorge. You, you mm. would assume after the success they just had, it's up to him if he wants to continue or not. But I feel like Andre Lamana struggled with the dual role as being the Bullets coach and the... And the boomers coach at the at the same time, and in the end, it didn't really work out for him as he would have liked. I wonder if someone like Bevo would be ideal once Gorge decides to step down, if he becomes the full time boomers coach, because I feel like somebody not head coaching every day in the NBL, it's probably a better role for them. Yeah, there was there is two sides to it. So I know that the first two years Andre was in charge 
he wasn't coaching. Yeah. You know, it was a full-time role. So, and, so and he wasn't he, coaching he, the NBA. He found that tough because he felt when, when it got time to play Boomers, he was rusty as a coach. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that there is exactly that. So while players need some games under their belt with pre-season games before they start going into the regular season, same as head coaches. You know, you want to be in the moment. You want to be up to speed. You want to be able to make decisions with a split second. But if you're spending all your time you know, just doing scouting, just staying in contact with the Boomers players, but not actually out there actively working on your trade mm-hmm. insofar as coaching games in the moment, mm-hmm. then, you know, he found it a bit too tough. So that's why I went back into coaching in the NBL. So there is two sides to it. Mm-hmm. And I can certainly agree with Andre in regards to that. Uh, but Bevo, look, I think it's just a, a wonderful acknowledgement of what he's done over such a long time. He's been given an opportunity. Let's see what happens from here on out. Eddie's gorgeous job for as long as he'd like. Uh, but I, I agree. I think if Paddy and Joe are still involved in it mm-hmm. uh, going forward, I, I believe we'll still see Gorge there. But they might all, you know, they started together with the Olympic team. They might bow out together and, and what a success mm. story it has been. Now, we don't know who Bevo will have available to play because the NBL season won't be stopping mm. during those Boomers games. If he calls you to ask you to pull on the Boomers jersey again, do you do you say yes? I'll initially laugh, uh, <laughs> say it's a hard no, but thank you for being that desperate to give me a call. No, I think they'll be able to put together a formidable squad. And I think teams will release players. The biggest thing is can they get into Japan, so get out of Australia yeah. and then back in from Japan sure. safely and in an effective sen- without, sense. Without quarantining. Exactly right, because if NBL teams are going to release, you know, some of the guys maybe who are younger on their yeah. squad or, or not playing as many minutes, which you'd think they'll target, you know, they don't want them missing four or five weeks. Sure. They'd be happy to let them go for a week or two. Yeah. So that's the big one. But you're right, if they can't get any NBL players, do they then just go to the NBA Academy or the Australian Institute of Sport? Which is what they did last year. They had a couple of the games younger, up in... Yeah. Up in town. Was Dyson it? Daniels was yeah. fantastic. You and know. I think Matt Kenyon was the captain of that team. And yeah. now he yep. ended up getting an NBL gig at the Jack Jumpers on the back of it. Yeah, so I think that's probably more the way they'll go. So Bevo might be giving his old mate Marty Clark a call <laughs> yeah. and saying, hey, what's the Australian Emus team looking like right now? Are they ready to go over to Japan? So, you know, we could see a very young team going over there, but they did it last year against New Zealand. New Zealand did a similar thing. Essentially, it was an under-23s yeah. battle. Australia came out on top and we've just seen some of our best young players uh, represent the Boomers, but then, mm. like I said, Dyson in, partic- in particular, he's now in the G League. Yeah. He'll be in the NBA in a year or two. Absolutely. Now, NBL-wise, we didn't get a lot of action. We had the one game last weekend, as we talked about. Now, we don't like to make it about ourselves, but just as an indication of how how this chaos kind of flo- <laughs> flows down. As, when we recorded last Wednesday, as you know, I was... I was catching up with CJ Bruden afterwards. Yep. And then, so I, I did a segment for the Adelaide, Adelaide 36ers podcast I do with CJ. And, you know, we talked about the game coming up on, on Friday and how they were looking forward to getting back onto the court. But just about by the time we finished recording that, that game from Friday had been pushed back <laughs> against the Wildcats to Tuesday. And they had a game in between against the Illawarra Hawks that had mm-hmm. been thrust upon them. And they were all of a sudden having to, to prepare to, to go to, go to Wollongong. But then, I think it was Friday that that game was cancelled when, um, unfortunately, the 36ers were thrown back into 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 isolation, so they couldn't head over to to Wollongong. The game on Tuesday was cancelled in the end, so everything I did with CJ was ir- pretty much irrelevant. All the questions we t- we talked about, but we we, we, <laughs> we still put it out there. And then for the rest of the show with Scotty Ninnis, I we did a show on on Monday where we we waited because we wanted to just. Mm-hmm. Hold off as long as we could, and we so we were talk, you know looking forward to the the game for the thirty sixes on Sunday against the Jack Jumpers, and 
and we did a did a great preview of that game and how much <laughs> we were looking forward to it. And we do say so ourselves. Yeah. And we, we woke up the next morning and that game was was cancelled. Um, it turned out the 36ers wouldn't be playing for another another few days. So um, you know, even even the articles I'm doing for the NBL website last week, I caught up with Sunday to do a story, and he was so excited about his comeback. So I did the story looking ahead to his comeback <laughs> on Friday against the Wildcats and how much he was looking forward to guarding mm-hmm. Bryce Cotton, and then. You know, the, the next day I said, look, you might have to hold off on that story and let me let me rejig it so Sunday's talking about playing against the Hawks and mm-hmm. heading back there. And then the next day I had to say, look, you know, that hold, hold, hold off again on that. <laughs> and it was perfect for, for Sunday, <laughs> it was, the two teams. It was. <laughs> and then again earlier this week I said, look, let me let me rejig it and I'll have Sunday looking forward to playing against the Jack Jumpers this Sunday. So mm-hmm. I updated the story and it was good to go again. But then, again, the Jack Jumpers game was cancelled and I said, look, <sighs> Let's just wait. You know, we've got a few more days, so we might have to put that on Let's hold. Let's just relive a game in the eighties <laughs> that happened. <laughs> uh, and then another story I was going to do was with Majuk Deng. So we're going to mm-hmm. catch up with him, talking about how great he was playing to start the season with the Taipans, and then I find out he's he's locked up with COVID, as most of the Taipans are. So oh. we'd have to put that on hold. Then we thought, let's build up the Sydney Kings and the Illawarra Hawks game on Thursday, and let's catch up with Angus Glover because he had, he was obviously the story Three after ACLs, the other game, yeah. and and the, his little little run in with Sam Froling yep. in that last game. So we thought that that would be a good story. So let's catch up with Angus and get in touch with the Kings and find out he's locked in COVID protocols and he won't be playing on Thursday night either. So it's not all about us, but that just gives a little bit of a snapshot of the chaos that's going around right now. An insight into a journo's <laughs> life. Look, the reality is we only have one game to talk about, which we will get to shortly, and then we can preview what we hope will be an upcoming round. But let's go about go into it a little bit further with life as a journo. Is there a coach that you do look forward to interviewing, and do you have a favourite article you've ever been a part of, insofar as you wrote it yourself, but whether it was a meaningful one, or it was about a certain event, or just the interview itself just couldn't have gone any better is there are there any coaches and then one-off interviews that really stand out <laughs> good question um the one that it's, it's recent so it's fresh in my mind but the one i did about a month ago with scott roth where we just wanted to catch up with him and see how he was going mm-hmm. in tasmania but then i you know jump on for the chat with him and and you're sitting there talking to a guy who has done what he's done in his career and all played of a sudden, in the nba coach yeah, in the nba and all yep. of a sudden he's pouring his heart out to you and it gets gets quite emotional and he's talking about how hard it is being on the other side of the world from his family and and the the pain that he's been through by being stuck here and he's made a commitment to the jack jumpers and his players so he feels like he has to see it through because he's made the commitment to them and they've all come to that club because of him yeah so he feels like he owes something to them so he can't just abandon them but there's been so many times in the last 18 months that he's wanted to just go back home and see his family because mm-hmm. they they reach out to him and, and say, look, we need your help. Where are you? Can you come and do this for us? Can you do this for us? We just want to see you. And they can't see him. And, you know, that's the one that sticks out. It's more recently. If I, There's probably others that if I go mm. back in time. but um, And it's not about basketball, to be honest. Yeah, I, know you, I know you called him to talk uh, ball. But yeah, and I wasn't expecting it. But yeah. all of a sudden he just pours his heart out and you can feel the emotion from the other side of the, the line. And, you, to be honest, you don't really know what to say. You just want to let him talk and, and spill his heart out and, and that was, that was one that really sticks out because it was such a heartfelt personal story. And mm-hmm. and in a way, you kind of feel glad that you can share that, that story for somebody. So that's what I've always tried to do. And I, I've never been, as you know, I've never been someone that tries to look for the sensational side of it. And I never try to talk to somebody trying to find an angle in. I yeah. just talk to somebody and then let them tell the story in whatever I, the story I write. And 
and that's what what I did did with Scott, and I just let him tell his story when I wrote the article, and it got great feedback, and a I lot of people the really did adjust. Really this is a really him. good article, and th- there's been a lot of, that I've written about you over the years, Damo. Where sorry to hear that, <laughs> and I I, I I feel like because I know you so well, I've been able to give a bit of an insight into into everything you've been through to get to where where you were able to get to, and that personal side of the story and the pain that. I mean the pain that you went through to miss London, and then mm. the joy that you felt to get to <laughs> to get to the Olympics four years later. And and Gibbo was on the other side of it, mm-hmm. so Gibbo got to go to London, and then he felt he felt like he not betrayed is not the right word, but he went to Brisbane to be with Andre Lamanis, and then he missed out it in two thousand and sixteen, and and he felt similar to what you did mm. when you missed out in London. So it's those kind of stories that. It's the great stories, but also the pain that people go through and the personal stories, and that, that, that's what I like to share. I mean, people can see what, what players do on the court, but it's being able to share their personal stories that I've always tried to pride myself on doing and giving, giving people an outlet to just, just talk and be free to talk without having to worry about you know, having their words misconstrued or something. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always tried to do, and I hope I've done a half-decent job with that over the over the years. No, I love it. You certainly have, and you've still got plenty of writing left. But, yeah, and check out more of Pikey's writing. I mean, mbl.com.au is obviously the, the site mm. to check out a lot of it, but you do write on the site and for several sports. So, no, I've enjoyed reading it over the years and continue to do mm. so. But let's move into, on to what we're supposed to be doing. Talking <laughs> basketball. Uh, basketball on the court. One game. We were hoping to have plenty <laughs> more to talk about. So, you know, the one game at Standing was on Sunday. It was... A, it was in Brisbane, and the Brisbane Bullets, you would have thought, would get the job done yeah. against the New Zealand Breakers, but they didn't. So I think, except for Bullets fans, a lot of us were probably happy to see the, the Breakers get that win. They ended up winning 88-83, to, to 83 and and it was a... I mean, they, they controlled that game for pretty much the, the whole way, and just a lot of relief, I, I think, would have been felt by Dan Shamir and, and all of his team. And you speak really highly of Dan Shamir, and he's been thrown into such a tough circumstance by basically moving overseas, coaching in the NBL. But two of his three seasons, he's been living, not even in Auckland, yep. he's been living yep. in Australia. Injuries, players coming and going, COVID, and just a great win. from. And it is a very good roster. They're going to win a lot more games. Yanni Wetzel, I mean, what a start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an absolute start. It's, it's an amazing story because when he went to the Phoenix last year, I think – Everyone expected him to be playing behind Dane Pino, but mm. then Dane ended up missing that whole season, and Yanni gets thrust into that role as the as a centre, and he was a star on that Phoenix team. But now he's gone to the Breakers. Um, he was expecting it to be a homecoming, but he's probably never going to get get home this season, unfortunately for him. But he's probably the best big man in the league right now. He has to be right up there. And I spoke to Drake Yuyu, former Wildcats player. Drake was with the Sacramento Kings. Then he was the head of their G League yep. affiliate team. And that t- G League team, they brought Yanni over and he said he loved him. He mm. just thinks he can flat out play. Uh, has kept a cl- close eye on him. So, you know, NBA scouts, G League scouts, you know, he has certainly impressed and he's going to continue to do so. So whilst we talk about all these other players with NBA aspirations or potential, I think Yanni's right there. He's just so good around the rim, smart player, and just got the job done. And and we spoke to Bevo last week Mm. about great roster, but who's their stud? Who's their go-to man? And we said someone's got to put their hand up. And the obvious one for us was Finn. But the reality is Yanni Wetzel can get Mm. the job done, and this could be the start of a a nice little winning streak coming up for the Breakers. Great point you make. Do you think he's got an NBA potential, possibly? Well, just so I look at someone like Nick Kay. Now, I think Nick Kay can play in the NBA. Now, Nick stretched the floor a lot more, so he's probably got more of a chance because he can shoot that three. But as Yanni continues to evolve... Yanni's probably three inches bigger. I was going to say, but as Yanni continues to evolve with that size and strength, he might not be a stretch 
five guy, but he can set screens, rebound, run hard, yep. finish around the rim, great touch. So while the NBA game is evolving to spreading the floor more, there's still room on some clubs for someone like Ayani. And yeah, I, I don't see why he couldn't apply his trade at the highest level, especially if he continues to develop the way he is. We've only got one game, so we won't do our votes in the Damo Award again. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll end up combining these last few rounds into one. Um, there's no point doing votes in the Redditch Award because we'll probably have five breakers players mm-hmm. all, all, all getting getting votes. But what we will do, we will award the Galen Award for, yeah. for this week in honour of Galen Young, of course, as the best team man in the NBL and... Probably pretty hard to go past Yanni, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think it's... Uh, I know you like to start each one by saying, I've got an obvious <laughs> choice, and then you read me out the names, and I think I've always chosen someone else. Yeah. But we're on the same page here. Just brilliant. From start to finish, he was just at a different level. He wanted the ball more. He was determined to win every possession, each rebound, uh, and was just a monster. He just looked too big, too strong out there. And on the flip side, you look at Brisbane, who may have been a bit slow out of the gates. They might have three of the top ten best players in the league. For sure. Uh, you know, you look at Franks, Patterson, and... Sobe, but they're they're probably not sitting as high on the ladder as mm. I would have expected after seeing them live. This could be Perth. a game they really rue later in the season, isn't it? When it, this fight for that fourth spot comes up, yeah, Southeast Illawarra, Sydney, Melbourne, Perth. Mm. You know, I think Brisbane are right there in there, but where do they sit in that yeah. six? Uh, and they've got a battle on their hands, and they're the ones they will. Yeah, I agree. They could come to regret, and could be a huge reason why they miss out on playoffs or do or don't have home court advantage. Another thing from that game before we get to Adam Gibson, have you ever seen the owner of a team making the decisions for what's happening on the court like we saw with Matt Walsh for the breakers on on Sunday? So he, he made his own subs and was pulling players on and off the court and Dan Shimi was left there going, what's going on? But the players listened to, to Matt because I guess he signs their, their paychecks. Andrew Gaze was pretty strong on this on the commentary during the game saying, well, if you if you're the owner and you're going to act like that, why bother employing a, a head coach if you're not going to let him actually coach the team? Firstly, have you seen anything like it and what's your reaction to it? So Matt, I remember playing in New Zealand a few years ago and it was halftime, we were beating them. It was a close game, might have been a four-point margin. And it was actually in Corey Webster's ear. Wow. You know, just chirping at him a bit saying, you know, we need more, you can do it, you're a scorer. Like, so what was positive, but... I can't imagine Jack Bender when he owned the Wildcats, you know, chatting to Bryce Cotton at halftime, let alone then sitting courtside and, and basically essentially subbing in and out. So could you imagine Trevor Gleeson if that happened? Could you imagine Rob Beveridge if that happened? There's got to be clear-cut roles defined between owners, GMs, you know, front office and then those on the court. So that's probably a conversation they're going to have behind closed doors. You hire Dan for a reason, allow him to do his job. Uh, if they have an understanding that they can work together in this capacity, it would blow my mind. I'm not sure if, if Dan was quite on page no. with, based on his reaction. Well, Dan hires his assistant coaches for a reason. Sure. So it's not just that relationship, it's the ones that trickle down. And so now when they're doing video on a Monday, who's there giving the analysis? Yeah. Uh, and whose voices are you listening to? So, yeah, I, I think that'll be a conversation that'll, that'll happen. Mm. <laughs> At the end of the day, they won the game. <laughs> so who, yeah. who thinks they did the right thing? Well, uh, I mean, to be honest... He's got a basketball background. He probably knows enough to coach a team. Mm. If he's not going to let the coach coach, should he just appoint himself the coach? Well, you look at Danny Mills, for example. Mm. Danny's the head of basketball operations here with the Wildcats, a role that didn't exist yep. well ever for the club, yep. but it's a, it's one that's pretty popular in the NBA. Mm. Danny's a big part of why we got Scott Morrison, why we recruited some of the players we have. But Danny has a basketball background. He was a hell of a junior yeah. player, went to the Australian Institute of Sport, played for the junior team, has been an NBA scout for a long time. Mm. 
So he knows the game, but he also understands that his role isn't a coach. Yeah. His role isn't even to give advice yeah. at this stage for with Scott. Sure. His advo- role was to hire the right person, pick their brain, mm. pick it from a, a basketball standpoint. And he spends most of his time on game night talking to you. Yeah, I just, I'm <laughs> in the tunnel next to him picking his brain yeah. <laughs> about getting behind the scenes of what's <laughs> happened at training. Because even though Denny's at every single training session, he's in the stands, he's not on the court. Uh, so that's the big difference. So, yep, it, it must be hard at times, especially going on the losing streak they had. Mm. You know, maybe he thought I've bit my tongue long enough and he got caught up the emotion of a team looking like they're going to get a win. He's very emotional, isn't he? He's involved in everything. Mm. And there's a lot of good that comes from that. You want someone who genuinely loves his players, loves the club, loves the sport, but there is a line and that line can't be crossed. It's your head coach makes decisions. I talk to him behind closed doors after the game, win, lose or draw. All right. So, well, that's round round six covered because we only had one game, Damo. Okay, Damo, we're back on Hoops Evans Basketball Hustle. We're not quite with Gibbo yet, but he's going to be joining us any second now. So let's continue with the show and then we'll be interrupted by Gibbo at some point and we can, can have, a, have a chat to the, the man himself. Um, now, of course, this show, thanks to Hoops Evan, it, it wouldn't be possible without their support. If you want to get any basketball gear that you can imagine from the world, head to hoopsevens.com.au or, of course, if you're in Perth, go to their store on Murray Street in the Perth City. But great to see that they've now... Signed up Sammy Wickham as their as their ambassador, and and what a story she is. I mean, I remember when she first came to the SBL, virtually an unknown import to play mm-hmm. with Ryan Petrick at the Rockingham Flames. She goes on to dominate the SBL three times MVP, ends up playing in the WNBL, goes on to now play in the WNBA where she's won two championships. She plays <laughs> for the Opals. She's now one of the genuinely the best players in the world. It's a remarkable story and a, a great coup for Hoops Heaven. Yeah, you're exactly right. One, I think it's a remarkable pickup for them. I think it's a no-brainer. Sammy's one of the best basketballers in Australia. And I'd love to see a challenge of anyone that's listening that think they could guard her. I would love to go you hey, put him to the test one-on-one. Even in your prime, could have you guarded her? Look, I'm not going to lie. I'd, I'd, we, I think I just rolled a ball out to her one day. Yeah. She must have been shooting on the extra on the spare court while the Wildcats had just finished up. Rolled the ball. I said, all right, let's go. And she did like a jab step three. And I'm like, wow, not only mm. is that shot release super quick, the way she shoots the ball, you've got to guard her very close, which makes her seem faster mm. because of how tight you've got to be on her. So she's an incredible player. Huge win last night. I mean, we haven't even spoke. Overtime win. But, yeah, hoops heaven. I love that instead of going out there and getting, you know, one of the Wildcats players who do shop there. I've seen the boys in there, so it would have been an easy pickup. And Gibbo shops there more than anybody when he gets to Perth. Gibbo loves it. Uh, And Chris Golding as well, actually. Yeah, actually. Well, that is the best, you know, sports shop in, you know, Perth right now, especially with shoes. It's a no-brainer to go there. But, yeah, Sammy's now their ambassador. Hell of a player. Got a lot of basketball left. We saw it last night. Overtime win. Darcy Garvin, Rockingham girl as well. Yeah, yeah. She gets a massive block shots, four blocks for the games, huge three-pointer to send mm. into OT. Great win for the Lynx on Brad Robbins' birthday. <laughs> I wanted to bring up, Robbo, because yep. you, you've you talked about how you would love to pick the brains of people who have coached Sammy, and obviously Brad is now an assistant coach with, with the Lynx, and it was his birthday. He, there was a video that, that the Lynx posted of them celebrating his birthday, and... <laughs> He couldn't have wanted to be anywhere else. He does not like any attention on, on himself, as you know. He he hates credit, but 
Some would say he hates people. <laughs> he does not like big crowds. He prefers to read, Absolutely. keep himself. He's got a wife, children. Uh, great guy, former captain of the Wildcats. I love this going back into basketball because he's got a high basketball Absolutely. IQ and a lot to give both as a person that can interact with the players and then as a coach who can train these players and get the best out of them. I think he's the most obvious out of all your teammates mm. of someone who would have... Made a good coach. Yeah, no, he's oh, there's a few that will be, or Cavalish, assistant coach of the Kings as well. But with Robert, he's seeing the best of Sammy Wickham. Yep. One of the things I love about Sammy is when she first got here, like you said, she started in the SBL, but she always had higher aspirations. Mm -hmm. There's not many people who go from the SBL to the WNBA. Uh, but for her, she literally got with her coach and said, I need to completely change my body. Mm -hmm. Instead of being essentially a, a stretch four in the SBL, I need to be a super quick, athletic, agile shooting guard. Worked on a ball handling, had a quicker shot release. Mm -hmm. And just these things have added up. And that's hours and hours and hours on court every single day with no... It wasn't guaranteed. Yes, you're going to be a good SBL player, but it's not guaranteed you're going to make it to the NBL. And it sure as hell isn't guaranteed you're going to go on and win championships in the no. WNBA. Yeah. But that hard work, you know, I just wish kids can listen to her story more yeah. and more because it's amazing. It's remarkable. And similar to Sean Redditch, it's hard work, dedication, yeah. sacrifice, and the ability to do it every day, even when you're fatigued, even when you're tired, even when you've got better options of parties, get-togethers, sure. trips. So, no, I love the story that Sammy has. Love that she's now an ambassador yeah. <laughs> uh, for Hoops Heaven and love even more that they're getting dubs on the court. Absolutely. Um, another fascinating story and someone you can give some insight to, Clay Thompson. Yeah. Um, he's just come back from two ruptured Achilles and mm -hmm. you know all, all about that, but, gee, he looked good in that debut. I mean, that... That drive and dunk that he did on his first... I think it was pretty much his first <laughs> possession was unbelievable. And similar to Jack White, sometimes the hard work that you put in in your rehab to get back can mean that your body can be in pretty damn good shape when you do come back. And it was a hell of a story for, for him to come back like he did. It's funny, you know, I've seen all these memes going around the last time he was on court. You know, KD was at OK. Like all these <laughs> yeah, things are where yeah. all these superstars were because it's, yeah, two full years, yeah. uh, a little bit over that. And to be able to go out there on the biggest stage and score the first basket, you know, for your team, he's just an absolute superstar. The joke for the NBA when they announced in their 75th anniversary the 75 best players of all time, the next day Clay rocks up to training and the boys have bought him a Warriors jersey had number 76 on there. <laughs> uh, he thought he's in the top 75. Yeah. He's always had that mindset. He's got a good case to make. Yeah, and if he goes on to another three, four, five years of what he's previously done, he will be in that top 75. Just great to have him back on court. And it's felt around the league. You don't have to go out of your way as a player and say it's so good to have Clay back. The league missed no. you, the sport missed you. But you look at all those people that went above and beyond to welcome him back and then praise him after the game. It's not always easy to like a lot of the NBA superstars. Mm. It goes to their head, it's fair to say, but he seems like it's someone that has stayed pretty grounded. And Bogut always loved him yep. as a teammate and as a person. And I remember when we were at the Rio Olympics, the US team did not stay in the village with all the other players. I think they're the only basketball team who did that. Yeah. Serena Williams didn't stay there. So while the US team is on this super yacht off of Copacabana <laughs> yeah, right. and yep. Serena was at some resort, yep. pretty much every other athlete was in the, in the village. And one day we're on the bus that goes around the village and you just jump on, jump off, depending mm. on where you're trying to go. We see Clay Thompson and Boga's like, what is Clay doing? Like Copacabana's an hour yeah. and a half away yeah. from the village. Yeah. He'd made his way out to the village because he wanted to experience the athlete's village and he did it by himself. So I end up jumping on the bus and all of a sudden I'm sitting like Bogut's behind me on the back row, sitting next to Clay. Mm. I'm in the row in front of him and I'm like, be cool, be cool. <laughs> it's Clay Thompson's over your right shoulder. And it was just so cool just hearing them yeah. chat like mates do. Yeah. And he did. He went out above and beyond because he wanted to be part of that atmosphere 
he didn't want to be on a super yacht segregated from the Olympic Village and the Olympic uh, field. So, yeah, that's what I take from uh, Clay Thompson. That's my first memory I have, mm. even though we obviously got to play them a couple of yeah. months later. Are you in the NBL's top 75, Damo? Am I in the NBL's mm. top 75? If my mum writes it and <laughs> she has the vote, then I, then I make it. Outside of that, I doubt it. Uh, what, what about Gibbo? What about Gibbo? He'd have to be in there. Okay. So, I mean, I know he's calling in soon. Maybe we can put the same question to him. Uh, but he will be chiming in any minute now. But, yeah, great game for the Lynx. Good to see them getting the win. Great to see Clay Thompson back on court. And then in regards to the NBL, mm. huge game tonight. Great segue. You're getting good at this, Damo. You might have to do this. <laughs> I'm buying time until Gibbo calls in. <laughs> we are waiting for him. So um, you're on a tight deadline too, Damo. So once Gibbo gets here, we might have to let you go. So I'll let you loose on him and then we'll take it from there. But you're right. Thursday night, what a, what a game. This is virtually the restart of the NBL season. Let's hope we don't have too many more mm. interruptions. But what, what a rivalry this is. The Illawarra Hawks, the Sydney Kings in Wollongong. I can only imagine the things that will come over the the barrier from the, those Wollongong fans towards the Kings. It'll be a, be a lot of fun, but what do you think is going to happen on the floor? Look, it is a hostile environment. I used to love playing in that the That first grand final you played was unbelievable, it especially was, the Bruce Bevo copped out of everybody. <laughs> exactly right. It's, it's a great place to play and it'd obviously be even more fun if you're the home team. And that rivalry is genuine and it seems to be growing year on, year out. And, you know, last time we saw Angus Glover and Illawarra Boyd now playing for the Kings, you know, he gets a dunk on Froling, stands mm-hmm. over him a little bit. Uh, it's just fun stuff that continues to build that rivalry. And, you know, you've got some... <laughs> a super team in Illawarra who I believe are just rolling at the moment uh, and then the Kings were out there to prove themselves and with both their imports returning it's a huge match because mm. Kings I predicted to make top four yeah. yet they've struggled a little bit more than I was I expecting I predicted them from my championship yeah oh, there you yeah. go there you go so we are both aren't looking too good mm. but they're certainly capable of turning that and with the imports returning yep. Glover's continuing to play good basketball the more minutes Vasilovic gets under his belt, you know, DJ is going to be a stud of this league. Uh, I think they're going to get more wins. Xavier Cooks, I think, is one mm. of the most underrated. Uh, you know, he does a bit of everything. He reminds me of the Cam Tovey we had, you know, mm. when we first when I first joined the Wildcats. Mm. Does everything. Yep. Um, yep. And there's no weaknesses. So, no, I'm pumped for the game. Love to foul too. <laughs> Didn't he? Just quickly, sorry, Toves. Toves is one of the smartest guys you'd ever meet. He's doing very well in the in the accounting world, but still even holds. Pre- even the president of the Wilton Basketball Association. President Willow. Willow just got named Club of the Year for you know the teams out west. But Toby still holds the record in the NBL for the quickest foul out. And let me say that he wasn't sent out there to foul. It's not like the end of the game where we need to send him to the bonus. You know, he just genuinely got five really quick fouls. Now Friday night. Breakers playing United in Tasmania. No crowd allowed either, as mm. I found out this morning when I spoke to Yanni Wetzel. Let me get your thoughts on that game, and then we'll hear from Adam Gibson shortly. The no crowd is so weird because you can literally hear... So when we played the Kings with no crowd, you know, Adam Ford, who was our mm. you know assistant coach for us the year prior, he was Sydney's assistant coach, and every time we'd make a call down the court, he was yelling to his players everything that was about to happen. <laughs> And, you know, it's one thing to scout well and kind of pick it up in the flow of the game when there's a full crowd and mm. you can't hear the call played. But to have the assistant coach saying, all right, guys, it's going to be a pin down for Bryce on the weak side, to top block that and send it out to this. You know, it was amazing. Uh, so it takes a little bit of time to get used to that. Mm. Uh, the better scouted teams or the better assistants will be yelling out such things like Forty did. But, yeah, it's, at the end of the day, there's a two points on the line and... They want to get in that winner's column again. We might have to listen out for Matt Walsh. Yeah, we'll finally be able to hear what he's saying to, to the players. Uh, but no, it's going to be you know a great game just because we've had such 
a lack of games, yeah. I get that little bit more excited yeah. when I do know I can sit on the couch, tune in and watch some great ball. Okay, now, Damo, we've got a ring in. Adam Gibson joining stop, us. Stop talking that game. We've got our yep. celebrity Adam, on. Adam Gibson Good. joining us here on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. And I know you've got to go in a minute, Damo, so I'll, I'll let you fire off. Look, these houses aren't going to sell themselves. So, uh, no, I'll get straight into it <laughs> with you, Gibbo. Uh, I love that we get to pick your brain every few weeks. Between the last time you were on the show to now, I know we're your biggest supporters out here. It blows our mind. We're not seeing you in a jersey. But with all the COVID things, have any clubs contacted you about a potential pickup during COVID? No, they haven't. Uh, no contact. But obviously, there haven't been any games either. So, yeah. I guess, mm. uh, you know, for most teams, they're probably by now because, like, how many games have been cancelled since? Um, they've probably had time to get the guys back healthy and back on the floor and training again. So, you know, the whole league basically shut down and I suppose that's given teams time to, to get the guys back. So, I'm still hanging out, mate. I'm, uh, I'm after going to selling houses as well soon. But, uh, <laughs> no, so, same as usual. Um, yeah, no, no, no contact, mate. Like, it is what it is. It's all good. And South East haven't escaped COVID either. Uh, did Creaky pick it up? And if so, what was it like living with him? And, and have you can you know have you had it at all? Mate, I don't know how much it. It's like crazy I haven't picked it up. Like a lot of our guys have had it here and there. And again, like I said, because we haven't played games, they've been postponed um, because of that reason. But I was away. I went back home to Tassie uh, while Creaky kind of had it. So I dodged that bullet, which was uh, yeah really lucky. But um, everyone's kind of getting it as we've seen every team in the league's kind of picking it up so I think it's just going to be one of those things we just have to live with it like at the end of the day it's a pretty bad cold and it's going to spread and you just have to, to kind of live and move on with it I think and do you think we could play and treat it literally like that? If you're sick that day, don't play like you did have the flu. Uh, if you're feeling good and up to it come out and, and play and maybe we'll just keep you away from the crowds? I think so for sure. I mean we still that game in Tassie's going to be a closed gym um, no crowd game, which you know isn't great, but we have to keep these games going. If we keep delaying and postponing games, there's going to be a point where they can't make them back up. So I think just just live with it, move on. Like you know, most of our guys that have had it have said it's just a, a rough cold, you know, like the fluey kind of stuff. So obviously there's some worse cases, and I'm definitely no expert, so I don't know the ins and outs completely of it. But most of our cases have said it's just a pretty bad cold, and a couple of days later they're over it. So I think it's time we move kind of bit the bullet and moved on and, and just learned to live with it. Yeah, I, I was speaking with Jesse Wagstaff and he was asymptomatic. So he was, he did test positive. He was in isolation in the hotel in Tassie. And anyone who knows Jesse, he is a genius. And when he gets bored, he usually goes to a book. There is a good chance he comes out of isolation today with another MBA or degree. Uh, so I think the players are more bored than they are uh, sick of when, they, uh, when they get it at times. Uh, look, okay, moving forward, A. Gibson should be playing in the league. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, if if you weren't to get picked up, uh, coaching we've spoken about before, would you look at player management? Would you look at something completely different from basketball? Or is it, no, nah, I don't want to have an option B, I'm still focused on playing? No, I'm definitely, I'm definitely I'm, uh, looking at other options. Like I've started my own coaching business, I talked about last time. Yeah. Um, you know, someone did ask me a couple of days ago about, you know, some player management type stuff, you know, agent type stuff. You know, that's a, a messy game when you try and start talking about numbers and clubs and, all that kind of stuff. But I'm definitely like putting my fingers in a lot of different pies and trying some different things. So uh, definitely open to other stuff. That's some media stuff I think might pop up eventually. But 
whatever goes, as long as I can stay in the game in some way, um, that's all I really care about, mate. So if it's not playing, coaching, media, management, whatever, I'm, I'm open to it all, but I just really want to stay involved in the game. So, Well, if, if you like demo, you can do all of those at once. <laughs> and sell houses. It's pretty impressive, mate. <laughs> Just team up with the right person. Jonathan actually sells the houses. I'll just try and take credit for it. Uh, no, I was actually asking for selfish reasons because I might be involved in a management company and I think Gibbo would be great. So I'll talk to you off air, mate. But uh, <laughs> on that note, I've actually got to hit the road to try and sell said houses. But, mate, as far as I'm concerned, you've got plenty of playing left in the tank. I do keep up on social media. looks like you're flat out with your one-on-one coaching. And anyone out there who's trying to better their game mentally, basketball IQ, skills, Go, go hit up Gibbo. I mean, he was in Tassie last week. He said he was visiting family. He's not. He'll travel. He will travel to coach. I'll you travel pay, anywhere, mate. Pay the right price, he'll be there. Thanks a lot, Gibbo. I'll hand you over to Pikey. See you, Dave, mate. All right, Gibbo, we'll keep going and you can help me wrap up wrap up the, the the show for this week as as Damo heads off. Funnily enough, you found him some work this week and that's why he's so hectic. He's he talked earlier about the camps that you've helped him find and he's happy to pocket the money. It's uh, pretty crazy, like the people you meet, opportunities kinda of come up. But when you start doing a few different things, like I said, you meet some different people and I've been going to some camps down here for for young kids, kind of like holiday camps. Um and they get to learn from coaches or whatever, but then they have special guest appearances from either current, past, or whatever players. Uh, we, we turn up, we talk about what we've done in our career, how we got there, how hard it was, you know, what to eat, um, how to take care of your body, and get to shoot some hoops, pull some autographs, and it's um, not bad pay. So, yeah, they, they do that all around Australia, and um, these guys are looking for some, some good quality people. So, obviously, over in Perth, you don't get much better than Damien Martin, so we put his name forward. There's no shortage of former greats in Melbourne as well. Can you can you talk through some of the guys that you might have might have had involved? Well, I'm only new to it, so I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a ring. Um, <laughs> I've just started, so I'm the one that's kind of going yeah. and, and doing the appearances myself. Um, you know, Mitch McCarron was one that started. He, he's doing them in Adelaide now. Um, there's a lot of WNBL players as well, so they they just it covers all sports as well. So cricket, netball. Uh, tennis, soccer, absolutely everything. So um, yeah, it's pretty cool for the young kids to have you know athletes come in and kind of just show where they come from and how important it is to keep turning up to these camps and um, put in the hard work. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've got a few miles to go on tomorrow. So um, yeah, they're great fun. Bit of a sidetrack. Anthony Petrie's name just came to mind, and he's now he's now moving into the coaching coaching realm in the NBL one. Um, you're a great mate of his, great, great long-time teammate at a couple of clubs. Do you always seem like a, a natural to be a coach to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we kind of joked about it back in the day with the Brisbane Bullets about, um, you know, we, we'd one day hopefully be able to coach together on the same mm. team, either one of us head coach, the other assistant. But he, he's always had a knack for that. He's always been a teacher. Um, first of all, a qualified teacher his whole career. So, you know, every off-season he would go and teach. So, Delivering messages he's been really good at. And um, since retiring, you know, he's been working at TSS on the Gold Coast, a really high-end boys basketball or boys school there, sporting school, and done really good things there. And now he's moving into the NBA 1 uh, realm. So, yeah, obviously, nice stuff. He's played for a long time, delivers messages really well, holds holds people accountable, and, and he's got the results. He's, you know, coaches girls and junior teams as well. So, um, yeah, great for him. He's doing great things, um, and hopefully he keeps keeps moving up the ranks because 
um, when you have past players, I think involved, I think it really helps your team and just brings a different element to a to a team. Yeah, I reckon when you've got a coach who's a former player and someone that was inspirational as Peach was and someone who would absolutely just run through a brick wall for his teammates. I reckon if you have that sort of guy as a coach, it makes you have that same mentality as well where you just want to, you want to, I guess, do him proud and you want him to be to be proud of you as well. It, it really helps to inspire you as a player, I, I think. Yeah, I think it brings a little toughness as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's kind of gone out of the game a little bit, that toughness, that mentality to, to, to push through a little bit harder and, you know, now it's pretty easy to, to put your hand up and, you know, say you need to sit out or you, you're injured or you might be a little bit hurt. But we kind of grew up in an era where that wasn't a thing. You know, you, if you're hurt, you're not really hurt. You keep playing through, mm-hmm. you play through injuries. And that kind of toughness, like you said, how he used to play was, was definitely that style. Um, down and dirty, did the little things that, that help you win games. And having that, that kind of mindset, like you said, from a coach, it can only be good for, you know, young players coming through to see that, to learn from that. And, um, yeah, I think he'll do great things in that team. And, and like I said, hopefully the big fella, the big peach, if he keeps, keeps on that little pathway, um, you know, maybe to the Bullets, then who knows where. Mm. Has he tried to recruit you for next season in the NBL 1? It would be. Uh, if it was in Melbourne, I would love it because yeah. I do love Melbourne now and I'm now slowly getting set up here. Um, but definitely down the track, I would love to go. And, I would love to play under Peach, actually, as my head coach. and have him yell at me a couple of times and see how that, that uh, worked out. Um, speaking of coaches, what about what about Rob Beveridge? Is there any chance, as we know, you're in game shape right now, if an NBL club calls, you're ready to go, but what if he calls to ask you to play in those Boomers games next month? Would you would you be keen? Oh, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, first of all, every time you get a chance to play for your country, absolutely, but I think that's a bit of a fair stretch. There'd be a lot of, well, I don't know what the rules are available, I suppose, but well, um, I mean, the yeah. NBL season is not going to stop for it, so I guess every NBL club has to decide if they want to sort of release players or not. Players or not. Yeah, right. Mm. I mean, I, I would obviously put my hand up for sure, but um, like I said, obviously not not being not having played for a little bit, um, you know, obviously it, it would take a bit to, to get into that team, I suppose. <laughs> but you never say never. Um, if you need someone to sort of help and lead some young guys or whatever, I would I would definitely do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Who knows, mate? Who knows? <laughs> um, if I'm Bevo, I'm definitely giving you a call to, to be the captain. <laughs> Even if the rest of the team are kids, if you're the captain of that team, I think that would be a, a great step, especially if we're not having too many NBL players. But speaking of the NBL season, before we got hold of you, Damo and myself started our preview for this round, and it, it's probably good timing. We got up to Saturday. Let me let me talk, talk through the rest of the round with you and get your thoughts. So Saturday... Up in Brisbane, one of your former home hometowns, um, the Brisbane yep. Bullets taking on the South East Melbourne Phoenix. You're the team that you're still the closest to. Um, yep. the, the Bullets coming off a tough loss to New Zealand. The Phoenix haven't played for for a month now. When they take on take on this game, what, what do you think will happen? Yeah, I, I think it'll be a good game. I think you know Brisbane probably did suffer from a little bit of you know the COVID lockdowns, not being able to train as much, um, all that kind of stuff, and rust. I think they started that game against New Zealand pretty pretty slow, and after the first quarter they were fine. But that that starts. So I'm I'm hoping that doesn't happen with our team um, when we head up there because, like you said, not, not not having played not having played a game for nearly a month, like a long time. Like we've been training and putting the work in, but it's it's a lot different to game in game situations. So I think as long as we can come out and start solid, um, get some rust out, get some nerves out. Um, will be a lot better for it. Um, I think it'll be a great game. I think there's, you know, big Joe Shee and some of our bigs, like they've got some great bigs. So 
it'll be a great battle. Creaking and Lamar always have a good battle as well. Absolutely. So, um, and first time ex in Cadiz, so yeah, some great matchups. I think Brisbane have a great team on paper, and if they can start going and putting it together, um, like like they always do every year, I think they'll have a great run to future season. So it'll be a good game, but uh, hopefully, things can get the win. Then on Sunday, really looking forward to this game: the Hawks and United, two of the two of the championship fancies. Um, United, you know, they they've been able to keep active a bit more. The Hawks, another team that playing their first game in a month, they, they'll back up after playing the Kings on Thursday. Um, in Wollongong, what do you think of this one? I think it'll be a great game. Melbourne always play really well down there. There's always a shootout the last mm. few games. have been high scoring. You know, bubbles always goes off. Mm-hmm. You know, he loves playing there. You know, Melbourne has found a little bit of their groove back. And, you, I mean, when you have a team coached by Gorge, you know, I follow them online on social media. They've just, again, been put in the work. Obviously, haven't played a game, but, uh, with George at the helm, you know they'll be ready. So I think that'll be a great game to watch. Mm. Um, maybe maybe game of the round. Um, but yeah, I, I know Bubbles loves playing there. He always gets hot. Melbourne always get hot down there. So I think it'll be a free-flowing, open kind of game and uh, a great one to see. Yeah, I think so too. Second up on Sunday, the Sydney Kings at home to the to the New Zealand Breakers. Um, probably a lot will depend on how they both go in their first games this round. Yeah, well, I think uh, Breakers finally got a win and you know, Yanni, I think, has been the best big in the league so far yeah. today. The numbers he's putting up have been awesome. Um, you know, I think the really guards are starting to find some form. They're coming back from injury. Uh, so I think the breakers will be tough. If Finn, Finn Delaney can get off this game, I think New Zealand might, um, might sneak a win there. But, but also, I think Sydney will have their, their two guns back that can import. So, um, yeah, that, that, that'll be another good game. Um, maybe Sydney at home, though, for me. Then on Tuesday, we'll keep going. 36ers and the Wildcats, this is probably the most snake-bit game in NBL history. It's been cancelled and postponed, I think, three times <laughs> three times already. You're well aware of what this rivalry is like, having you know been a captain in Adelaide. Um, the 36ers haven't played since that horrible loss in, in Cairns. Um, what, do you think, what do you think of this one? Well, like it's been a long time, hasn't it? It's, it all depends on what these teams have been doing since time off. Um, you know, Perth. Perth are always solid again, but they've been in lockdown too. So I think, you know, Perth is such a great team. They've got such a great roster. They're deep. Um, you know, I think they'll come out and win that game. But the rivalry between Adelaide and Perth is one of the best in the game, I think. Uh, we had some great battles. They're always great games. And, and for some reason, Adelaide always play well against Perth. So I think it'll be a close one. Um, but, yeah, maybe just Perth. Before we finish up, what do you think the chances are of all of those games happening without any sort of interruption? <laughs> well, if you're a betting man, you can probably bet on one of them getting cancelled mm. because that's just uh, the how it's been going. But I think now that most teams have had some COVID cases, I think for whatever, like it's probably spread to a few of them. So hopefully, fingers crossed, have had it now to some degree. They've done their their week isolation and it's kind of passed it. So. Hopefully from now on there'll be no more cancelled games, but who knows? Like Melbourne can go back into a lock, like it's just so up in the air. But yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm hoping. That now, before you mentioned you got back down to Tasmania, and before we started recording, before Damo was talking about how how amazing it is now after having a long professional basketball career where you're always playing through summer and playing through Christmas and New Year, what it's now like to actually have some freedom over that period to enjoy Christmas, to enjoy a bit of a holiday over, over summer. What was it like for you to, for the first time ever, because you were still playing 
last year and getting ready for the season. Um, what was it like to have a Christmas and a new year where you weren't part of an NBL team and you could, could relax a little bit? Yeah, it was, it was strange. It was really strange. You know, not having to worry about flying back at a certain time. Yeah. Um, you know, not having to worry about what you eat. Uh, um, a lot of things went into it. But, yeah, just having the freedom to, to book flights. And you know, I got back home to Sazzy for about a week. Um, and then I got to the, up to the Gold Coast as well for, for New Year's. So mm. just the, the freedom. It was good because there weren't any games. So I didn't miss any games, yeah. which was kind of cool. But it was a definitely a weird feeling just to have that freedom to, you know, you don't have to go and check it anywhere and, like, pull back for practice on Boxing Day or, you know, anything like that. So it was good. It was different. It was weird. But, um, yeah, it was definitely enjoyable. And what about Adam Adam Gibson Basketball 1? How's that going? And if anyone wants to get involved, how do they get in touch with you? AdamGibson1.com is the website. It's, uh, it's going really well, man. I've got like, my a private warehouse now for kids. So I can bring kids in and all ages, the hoop list, you know, to all levels. Um, just a perfect setup. So I did take a few weeks off. Um, so now just getting back into it, getting my regulars back in and just trying to build it up to, to get more in. So... Um, almost back to normal. I'll have some uh, some bigger group sessions start um, early in Feb. So yeah, it's looking good. But you just have to keep at it, keep building, keep the programs good, um, keep changing it up for the kids so they keep improving and get something a little bit different. But um, yeah, so far so good, mate. So uh, if you have anyone in Melbourne, AdamGibson1.com, check it out and uh, yeah, come and come and get some work in. No, fantastic. Definitely comes highly recommended. Gibbo, it's been great to pick your brains again. We look forward to doing doing it again in a few weeks' time. Thanks very much for joining us. Absolutely, mate. Anytime. Okay, wrapping up now on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle for this week. A big thank you, obviously, to my co-host Damien Martin and Adam Gibson. I hope you all enjoyed his insights. He's got a hell of a basketball brain, but still got plenty to offer on the court. So let's hope we see him on the court again before this NBL season's out. And don't rule him out for that, that Boomers gig like next month for the games against Chinese Taipei and Japan under Rob Beveridge as well. But thank you again to Hoop7 for making this show possible. Stay tuned also this week for our Tab Touch preview where I catch up with Matty Knight to run through all of the action upcoming in this NBL round, which we hope goes as scheduled. Thanks very much for joining us. And we'll be back next week with some more Hoop7's Basketball Hustle.